Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us for another podcast. It has certainly been uh, quite some time since we were able to get another get a podcast up. Uh, several reasons. We were uh, extremely busy. Life gets in the way, and you have to set those boundaries that we often talk about. And unfortunately, one of those boundaries was uh, the podcast. So in, in dealing with work and home and children and, and all these other things, this unfortunately had to take a little bit of a back seat, but we've got a new episode up for you here, and we want to get that out to you. Uh, another thing, or another reason rather, that we were uh, so busy in not being able to put out a podcast is that we were uh, teaching our right of bang class. Our right of bang is uh, teaching and developing mental health, emotional health, and resiliency in first responders and civil servants. And thanks in part to the Battle Creek Community Foundation. Uh, we were able to take our class to close to 500 first responders and civil servants in the Kalamazoo, Battle Creek, and Marshall area. Uh, we were also up in Holland, Michigan at their police department a couple of weeks ago and able to train uh, their department up as well. Great department, a lot of great folks up there, so we really appreciate that. But that has kept us extremely busy. But uh, there is a lot of uh, stuff coming coming forward here within the next couple of months hopefully that we can share, but that's for another episode. So today's episode, I uh, did a coaching call with uh, Kristen Taylor of Kristen Taylor Consulting. She is a mindset coach out of Seattle, Washington, and we were introduced by a mutual friend and uh, had a couple of phone conversations and decided that uh, we're kind of running along the same lines as far as the mindset and uh, and getting your mind straight in overcoming negative habits and things like that. Kristen's specialty, however, is that she does a lot of coaching and consulting with uh, school school kids. Not, I don't want to say school kids, but uh, high school students, college students, and preparing their mindset and kind of changing their narrative if they're running into limiting beliefs and self-doubt and things like that. So she has a lot of interesting concepts, and um all her stuff is on social media, so go and check her out after you take a listen to this. It's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, Kristen Taylor Consulting, uh, Facebook, the website, uh, and all the social media platforms again. So hope you enjoy this, and we'll be getting another one to you soon. Without further ado, here's our conversation with Kristen Taylor. Got it. Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Okay, there you go. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and go, go over your bio and then we'll start from there. How's that sound? Sounds perfect. Okay. Over 20 years ago, Kristen Taylor earned a master's degree in counseling psychology and was trained as a narrative therapist. When working as a therapist, she served individual clients in groups in community and crisis centers, hospitals, and homeless shelters. For the past 12 years, she has worked in higher education. She started as a student success coach and later trained and directed teams using a coaching approach, primarily focused on addressing mindset problems. She has developed her own narrative coaching method, an amalgamation of strength-based coaching and narrative and cognitive behavioral approaches to managing anxiety, stress, change, and inspiring personal transformation. For the past two years, she has worked as an independent consultant and executive coach. She leverages neuroscience, mindfulness, and meditation to further support her narrative coaching approach by, aid, by aiding clients to better emotionally regulate in the face of stress. She has authored a book called Remind, which delivers this approach directly to the reader. Remind is currently being taught to college students, but is available to the general consumer through a Kickstarter campaign. 
Uh, Kristen, thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, well, before we talk a little bit about your background, we connected through a mutual friend uh, when he had given me some of your information about mental health and, and a little bit of coaching that you had done. And when I had, I had what had popped out was the mindset portion of it. And I'm really big on that when we do our classes and whatnot. So if you could um, tell us a little bit about your background. I know we talked about some of it in the opening here, yeah. but from your from your own words. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, a lot of it, as as you just mentioned, um, comes from my training as a as a therapist. Um, but then most recently, it's working with students and also training other coaches to work with students. And a lot of times, these are first generation low income students to students dealing with a lot of um, anxiety and stress, and in particular lack of belief in the face of all that they're dealing with that they can be successful um, and so it's those disempowered mindsets those belief that say either i don't belong i can't hack this um, all the evidence in my life is proving that i don't have what it takes academically socially culturally that there's just these overriding narratives thematically where they start to put pieces together and say this is who i am and this is where i'm stuck um, and that's overriding so much of how they're functioning or not functioning. But what I found is that a lot of coaches were having conversations around setting goals and um, creating game plans. And what I would say um, in supporting those coaches is, you know, you can have the most well thought out, beautifully laid out plan in the world. But if this student is in a disempowered mindset and doesn't believe he or she can navigate the terrain ahead, it doesn't matter how good the plan is. You gotta, you gotta address what's going on between their ears and in terms of their ability to um, emotionally self-regulate and start to identify the ways in which they are um, believing that what it's in narrative, um, it's considered the problem saturated story. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, when you talk about setting goals, it reminds me a lot of, uh, um, if you've ever read the book, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, really good at, yeah, uh, the goal is the end, kind of the end game. And the reason we fail at so many goals sometimes is because we don't learn how to navigate through the process. So yes. yeah, it taught me a lot about goal setting and things like that as well. So yes. especially when it comes to kids, um, having two teenagers mm -hmm. was another thing when you talked about coaching kids and, and the last time we spoke about, um, you know, they have all this stuff being thrown at them. And then when they run into a problem, they don't know what to do because they've right. got everything thrown at them. And at the same time, they're trying to figure out their identity and then they're living under this peer pressure. So yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like some good stuff. So mm -hmm. you started you started coaching. So we want to talk a little bit about the book. How did how did the book come into being? You decided to write the book uh, Remind. Yeah. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Well, it was a whole lot of serendipity coming into play. So I had recently um, started my own consulting business, and I had a number of clients within higher ed that I was um, working with, and <clears throat> I'm training these these coaches and it's time intensive, it's resource intensive, it's money intensive, and they don't have my background. 
and even as much as I'm able to work with them, um, they, they could get better, but they would often miss a lot of opportunities and miss a lot of cues in terms of driving behavior change for students. Um, and so I was just left scratching my head going, okay, number one, this is really, really hard work. And as my own business person, I'm thinking I do all the sales, I do all the marketing, I do all the operations, I do all the, you know, and I'm like, this is exhausting. And I want to drive an impact and I'm doing this in these small little ways with small little organizations, nonprofits and schools. And I thought, how can I really impact more people at scale? And so I met with a gentleman out of a state university and I just said, this is my approach. I need your feedback. Um, I want to get this to more people. And he said, you know, this really ought to be a course. Are you an instructional designer? Of course, I said, I am not. Um, I, but he said, that's the direction you need to go. And then, like I said, serendipity, um, like a month later, um, a gentleman by the name of Jason Canesco, who is the CEO of Perceivant, um, he, I used to work for him or in another capacity, um, and he called and said, hey, I've got, um, I've got an opportunity for contract work with an organization called Perceivant. And I said, well, what do they do? And he said, they make um, courses. And I was like, well, I cannot believe you just said that because if, as a matter of fact, I have all this content that I'm working on, hoping to create a course. And so we met, they understood the importance of what I was talking about. And really what I'm talking about, Erin, is social emotional learning. Okay. And it's really saying that people are not just <clears throat> people who create goals and start school and navigate careers and relationships, people are emotional beings. People are emotional sense receptors. They're experiencing the world and the world is really challenging and difficult. And I just think of all that you shared with me before we started recording. Yours is extreme, but in terms of the amount of stress and adversity and challenges just in navigating life, we're not taught or given the coping strategies to learn how to manage this so that we can put our best foot forward and be more aligned with our goals and our values and our strengths and our desires so that we can negotiate those relationships both with other people, both with challenges and mostly to ourselves. Uh -huh. Yes, students need this because they're at this critical point in their lives where they're becoming adults and they're navigating new territory and a new sense of self. But I really posit that this book is for anybody. If you are dealing with relationship stress, if you are embarking on a new career, if you are navigating anything that's important to you but creates hesitation, fear, habits like procrastination, it gives the skills to um, know how to more intentionally write a narrative, meaning there, there are two things that go, in, go into this. Number one, it's recognizing what I said before. Are you caught in what is considered and named a problem-saturated story? Are you looking through a lens that just looks at the deficiency? Or are you looking through a lens that looks for what are called exceptions to problem-saturated stories? Times that defy the problems. Times that say, well, yeah, maybe you procrastinated this many times, but when you get to work, how is it that you get your crap done? 
That lies in the face of procrastination. It is within you. And how can we begin to bolster that, begin to um, amplify that? Because that's where neuroscience comes in. Where the thinking patterns go, the neurons fire and, you know, the, the pathways get carved more deeply. So we want to engage people in a more deliberate process of creating better habits with science to back it up and with support. And also learning how to recognize feelings, express feelings, increase the vocabulary around feelings, um, employ breathing techniques when you get what I call a limbic hijack, like, you know, you're stressed and suddenly you're yeah. all amygdala, all limbic system. And um, it's how do you decompress and get into your prefrontal cortex so that you are, again, more intentional with what you want to be in this world. Uh-huh you want to care for that so it's i mean i could talk about this forever but that's that's some of what it is it's very practical skills to navigate being a human being who has emotions which is all of us yeah perfect so yeah when we had again going back to when we spoke before a lot of the things that you talk about and that we address also the the breathing to settle into you know we're always in a fight or flight um changing the mindset, the neuroscience, and that the mind is, has to be the starting point. So obviously when I was going through everything I was going through and off work, I was looking at a lot of books. I didn't really get into the self-help books so much because I knew that I, I knew what I wanted to change and what I thought I needed to change at that time. So when you talk, tell us that this book is kind of for everybody, um, as far as like the self-help book, what what would be something about free mind that would stand out a little bit from uh, all the others or some of the other self-help books out there um, as far as the approaches to managing those emotions? Yeah. Well, what I like about what we brought together, when I say we, I talk about my publishing company, Perceivant. Um, it's the holistic nature of it. So yes, it's the cognitive. And it's taking my coaching approach. So it's asking different kinds of questions. And I'll, I'll unpack that in a moment. Um, it's, so it's adding this cognitive element to a coaching approach. Um, it's the neuroscience. It's managing emotions. It's mindfulness and meditation. Um, and it's very personalized. Um, so that it has a companion notebook that goes along with it. And so let's say, I'll give an example. I think we'll make it a lot easier. Let's say... And everyone, I call them mindset problems. So to, to make a distinction, there are situational problems, which we all have some to a much greater degree, unfortunately, than others. And then there are mindset problems. Let's say the situational problem is finances. You know, let's say you're really struggling financially. That's one thing. And it's big and it's important and it's difficult. Everyone has a different relationship to it. Some people in the face of it, it's that fight, flight, or freeze. Some people might just be like, okay, I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm tackling this. I'm getting three jobs. I'm going to school. I'm just going to see everything I can do about it. Some people um, might just resist it, you know, and get angry and frustrated and ineffective, ineffectual, ineffective. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other people might just freeze. Like, I'm stuck. I, I am so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. Okay. 
So the mindset problem will depend on who you are. Maybe the mindset problem becomes anger. Maybe it becomes worry. Maybe it comes, becomes stuckness or procrastination. All of those mindset problems are really either a limbic hijack or they are a desire like procrastination to emotionally self-regulate, meaning if I just avoid it, I feel like I'm able to function. Mm -hmm. If I face it, then I feel overwhelmed. So it's all our attempts, sometimes archaic or unsophisticated, to manage the stress that is. So that's the area of mindset problem. So with the narrative coaching approach, you say, okay, let's say the problem is worry in response to the situational problem of um, finances or lack thereof. You start to invite, I start to invite readers, students into the process of when worry takes over, when it's ever present, how does it make things look, right? What does worry need for me right now? Where does worry live in your body? How does it skew your ability to see things clearly? And so, Erin, what you're hearing me doing is I'm externalizing worry. And the reason that's so important, and this goes in response to your question, how is this different? Because the most important message out of all of this is there's nothing wrong with you. And when people are contending with emotional stress or despair or hopelessness or overwhelm or fear, it can easily go into a narrative that says, I am broken. Right. And I don't want to share this with anyone. Um, Tara Brock, who's one of my favorite um, psychologists, and she teaches meditation, she talks about it as the trance of unworthiness. I think of it as a hijacking of our thinking, like a spell or a trance. And it creates isolation, it creates shame, it creates defensiveness, it creates blame. All of these sort of sub-optimal coping strategies. But when you externalize a problem, like for example, worry, you create a really healthy distance to recognize worry is something that you're contending with. It is not who you are. Oh. And so that you can engage in moving past it from a place of creativity and resourcefulness and curiosity without feeling like deficient. Like I said, broken, okay? Yeah. So that's one thing. And then it's starting to, like I said, look for exceptions. So those are coaching questions. And then it's things like, have there ever been times where you've been worried and yet you still took steps to find your way out? And it's amplifying remembering those times, remembering who you are in those times. So much right now, have you heard of Simon Sinek? I have, yes. Yeah. I see some of his... Um... Some of the stuff on, well, they'll pop up uh, YouTube videos and things like that. But um, one, I got to read his book, Leaders Eat Last. Is that him? Leaders I, I, Eat Last. I think I that might. I think that might be him. That 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 uh, sounds familiar. When I first when I first found his stuff, when I saw that on one of his clips, I thought that looks vaguely familiar because that term came from the Marine Corps, uh, oh, in, the, okay. in the military or in the Marines, like when we're out in the field or. Um, you know, we weren't getting hot chow or, or something like that. And it was time. The leaders always ate less. They made sure that their, that their troops were fed first. So I started Absolutely. looking at following some of his stuff and I'm very, 
somewhat familiar. I haven't read his books yet, but um, I do love listening to a lot of his stuff. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And yeah, I'm a, a military spouse. And so I know that one very yeah. well. <laughs> right. You know, my husband was, uh, he's retired now, but he was a leader in the military and he was always okay. soldiers eat first. Yep. Always. Yep. Um, what Simon Sinek says is that it's so important to know your why. And I absolutely agree with that um, because so much in terms of self-help and coaching is often knowing your how, like, okay, here you are now. Here's where you want to be. How are you going to get that? What I'm saying is your how is very important. Your why is critical. But what's often missing from that conversation is your who. Who do you know yourself to be? And the reason I say that is that I've worked with so many people, whether I'm working with an executive or I'm working with a student, whether I'm working with a parent, and they can have the most beautifully articulated why why they want to be the best parent, the best executive, the best law enforcement officer. Like they can, it can just be like riveting. I can be crying and then an obstacle hits. And uh -huh. what happened to that why? The why is still alive. They just don't believe they can do it. Yeah. And so I'm saying, let's focus on you updating your own personal narrative and your belief in yourself and your sense of agency and resilience in the face of stress. And again, that goes back to emotional self-regulation. It goes back to looking at things through a different lens. It goes back to breathing strategies, coping strategies, an embodied experience of where's the stress or the worry living in your body in the present moment. Because when there's so much suffering, and this is really a Buddhist philosophy, but when there's so much emotional suffer, the most important place to get to in terms of just getting to a more steady baseline present moment. There's no past, there's no future. Right now you can feel a moment of peace. And how do we cultivate that so that you can get into your prefrontal cortex and begin to enhance your executive functioning and decision making mm -hmm. and manage your emotions so that you can feel a sense of belief that yeah, I am the person who can manifest my why and I'm the person who can take the steps in terms of the how am I going to get there? It starts focusing on what is and who you are. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. That makes so sense. You're talking, yeah, you're talking. That's where that mindset shift comes in. I think yeah. you're saying, and I think especially with now dealing with two teenagers, um, usually we don't know how to navigate, and a lot of times I don't think even as adults we can sit there and say, you know what, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just going through this, or I'm just going through that. Yeah. We are too filled with a number of things. This is the way that it is. We're often too prideful, especially guys. You know, yep. we've we've been the fixers, the doers. I can't admit that I'm having some problems, and so that we do, we do pull back, and then usually that's where we end up self-medicating or you know really destructive bad habits. So when you talk about shifting the mindset with this book, what what specific do you have specific principles that you use? Um, that help with shifting that mindset. Like if I say, okay, like for instance, when I was off work, um, I knew <coughs> one of the first things I had to do was to change my mindset, to change the thinking, to change the thoughts. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how to do that. I just knew that I needed to do it. So mm -hmm. what are some of the principles that your book will help us out with to start shifting those mindsets? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, yeah, and uh, 
just want to acknowledge that yes, particularly men, the way that they are raised, it's like you're a human being, you have a whole spectrum of emotions, but only these ones are allowed. And so that puts them into a crisis of like, I'm having these emotions, but they don't fit into my sense of who I'm supposed to be. So that, that's a really, really tough place to be in. Mm -hmm. um, so in the book, we call it the game plan. And the, the game plan has a number of steps. And, and the first step is to, to recognize what is the problem? So you have to name it, you know, name the mindset problem. And that's why I make such an important, like, yes, the situation might feel crazy, but your ability to navigate the situation is going to be directly influenced by the, how you manage the problem. And so I don't even care what people call it. Whatever they, they say the problem is, I use examples of worry. It could, could be anger. It could be um, blame. It could be resentment. It could be anxiety. Like whatever it is that you're, you know, we could all have lots of problems, but it's saying, okay, choose one. Choose one that is driving you the most crazy or that feels like it's in the way the most or it feels like it's the most persistent. What is that one thing that continues to resurface or rear its head? And so asking someone to, to figure that out. And the reason why, I mean, it matters, of course it matters, but once you learn the game plan, let's say you identify the wrong problem. You're like, I thought it was a worry, but really what it is is imposter syndrome. Well, great, you know the game plan. Just take out worry and put in imposter syndrome. It's the same, it's the same organizing principle. Uh -huh. And so let's say it is, I'll just go back to worry. Let's say it's worry, okay? Then, and, and I, you're gonna hear me say the same things over and over again because it is kind of a formula. No, no, that's what we wanna hear. Good, good. It's understanding the scope of the problem. How is it influencing you? Really taking a look and saying, when worry shows up, in what way does it hijack my thinking? And it's not saying that worry is bad, it's also saying, in what way, perhaps, is worry trying to have your back? Maybe worry makes you feel like if I'm vigilant, if I worry, then I'm safe. And you can say, thank you, worry. And maybe I'm ready to update or outgrow you and, or have a different relationship to you. Or mm -hmm. Where does worry sit in your body? And that's that embodied experience. Like, is it, is it in your gut? Is it in your throat? Is it in your mind? just to really start to have a different relationship to it and do that externalizing. And that's where in the book, there are lots of different coaching questions that allow a reader to navigate the process and to start to self-reflect. It's giving them the tools to personalize the program. So you identify the problem, you externalize the problem. Step one, step two. And then, the, and then the next step is to find exceptions to the problem-saturated story. Worry doesn't live with you 24-7. I have a dog that's snoring. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Mine's going nuts too, so I hope you can't hear him. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've got one downstairs going nuts. Um, and so then it's taking a look through a different lens of finding times where worry could have shown up, but it didn't. And again, that's amplifying the, the narrative. And then mixed in with that, Aaron, there are a lot of opportunities in the book to play with neuroscience and play in particular with self-talk. Mm. Even like a tool, and this comes from um, a neuroscientist, an MD out of Harvard, his name is Srini Pillay. 
He has a lot of really important um, techniques and tools. One of them is talking to yourself in the third person. I don't fully get it, but I know it works. When, if I'm to say to myself, like, don't worry, it's okay, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. It's different from if I said, Kristen, you'll be fine. Oh. Kristen, you've got this. They've done studies and it shows a difference. You tend to listen differently when you hear yourself by name and when you talk to yourself in third person in those moments of stress. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, secondly, and I even did it just a second ago, I started with don't worry. There is a, and this has been studied for years, but imagine you're, I say to you right now, don't think about a white polar bear. What are you thinking about? Yeah, exactly. Right, you're thinking about a white polar bear. Yeah. So our brain doesn't have the ability to take out the word don't or not. It just says, think about a white polar bear. So when I started to say, Kristen, don't worry, all my brain hears is Kristen, worry. So put it in the affirmative. It's instead of Kristen, don't worry, it's Kristen, you've got this. Oh. Kristen, you're steady. So it's those kinds of things that it's really, really basic um, neuroscience, but I provide lots of different opportunities to engage in self-talk differently, to visualize differently, to center and ground yourself in very small ways. Like I said, there's a breathing technique by Andrew Weil that I use with all my executive clients because they get really stressed and they use it all the time and say, I just finally could calm down so that when I walked into that meeting, mm -hmm. all the self-talk wasn't you know, hijacking the show. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Like the neuroscience. There's uh, if you've ever heard of Dr. Shad Helmstetter. I think I have. Yeah. He's got a book called uh, The Power of Neuroplasticity, and I read that, and it was it was for people like me, very very basic, but uh, made it's a lot good. of sense. And then That's yeah, and then when you talk about I'm basic first, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His other book is uh, it was the title is what grabbed me. What to say what to say when you talk to yourself or how to, mm -hmm. what to say to yourself when you talk to yourself. And I'm thinking, who's mm -hmm. going to, and that was talking quite a bit about what you said, the uh, putting yourself in third person and talking in that repetitive, repetitive, repetitive yes. and how it has to do with the neuroscience. So. Right. And that goes back to what Tara Brock says when she talks about the trance, she talks about the trance of unworthiness or it's even the trance of self-talk, which leads to unworthiness or anger or whatever your identified problem is. Because we, it's like I imagine a record player and it's just looping over and over mm -hmm. and over again. So we have to take a very deliberate step to get into, and I use this term all the time, the practice of thinking differently. Yes. The thing with students or anyone who is doing something challenging but important, we just don't have these conversations. It's not built into the curriculum. It's not built into the training of any job. But these are the things that can either liberate us or disable us. Uh -huh. So my mission in life is to minimize emotional suffering. Yeah, that's perfect. How can I give people practical tools to be liberated from their particular brand and experience of emotional suffering? Yeah. Think of who you could be if that yeah. wasn't something you were shackled with. Because that's 
that's all that stuff you're fixing below the surface and then you are free to go out and learn what it is that you want to accomplish and teach. So yeah, that's, that's excellent. Um, so when we talk about, um, in the book, it's for anybody. And you started talking about people that wanted to teach this to others. Is this, is there any type of, uh, like, do you want this book to be like your material <laughs> to where I would buy this book and really, you know, I, I will hammer right into everything and then teach your <laughs> to other people or is it well, just something that yeah. I'm gonna... So the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> so okay. it's all, yeah. So, um, the idea for this book, I mean, you know, this just, um, when I think about sort of the arc of where it is and, uh, where I hope it will one day be, we are starting in the colleges. And so in the colleges, it's direct to student and it has all of the um, instructional design and instructional components handed to the instructors so that they do not need to be an expert in narrative coaching okay. to teach this course. Similarly, we also wanna just get this book and this notebook, this uh, accompanying notebook so that people can practice. Um, <laughs> we want to get this into the hands of the consumer. Anyone who's living and breathing and has emotions, we want to get this into the hands of them. But yeah, I'm in mean, conversations just in the beginning to, we are to learn whether for people like law enforcement to help them in initial training, to mm -hmm. give them the skills to learn to manage their, 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 their worlds as they're contending with so, so much stress. Um, there are few applications a few places where there just aren't applications. We talk to people in terms of sports training for kids. Um, I, I just become more and more pleased with more people saying, oh my gosh, that would really work with my industry or that would really work with my family or that would work with, um, you know, I have, like I said, I have clients from all walks of life. So back to your point, let's say it was in law enforcement, there would be the sort of instructor manual uh -huh to equip a person to be able to invite people to engage in the process. So okay. they don't need to become an expert in the way that, that I am um, in terms of narrative coaching, but they would have all of the material and the content and the processes and the, and the um, practice guidelines to enable, to facilitate. So the, the, teacher's, the teacher's manual. Teacher's manual. You yeah. said that way better. I said it long. Yeah. I said it better. I was trying to think of the <laughs> back in school, the teacher's an, the teacher's answer book that we would always try to copy from. The <laughs> there you go. So there you go. Uh, we've I've asked you a lot of questions about it. Is there um, anything else that you want to add? Because uh, towards the end of our conversation, I want to really direct people to where they can get their hands on these materials. I know you've got a Kickstarter uh, campaign. Well, that's on. closed. Yes, that it yes, it, we have been so busy. You yes. Have going on um and again i so appreciate you carving out the time and all that you have going on to meet with me so the kickstarter has been complete completed um it's going to perceivant.com it's p-e-r-c-e-i-v-a-n-t.com okay um yeah um and that's just the the hub of where um you can have conversation and i can also give you um, my website and my contact information um, because yeah, I still, I work with, with lots of different clients, but always, um, if someone, if this speaks to them and they want one-on-one -on -one coaching, okay. that's my, that's my love. That's okay. My of it. But Perceivant is the best place to learn about the, the book and how to access it. And that's Perceivant.com. 
And, you're, and, and, and that is that that's all available now. Or is it still pre-order? Where are we at with it's uh, well, um, we're still what we're doing right now is the, the biggest focus is getting it into the schools. Okay. We're still, um, if people are interested, we want to hear. Okay. We still plan to bring this to the general public. It is in the works right now. Okay, perfect. So what we'll do is uh, I'm sure you and I can keep in contact and we'll, we'll keep everybody informed on when they can um, find that. And then uh, in the meantime, go to your, do you have a personal website? How do we get a hold of you? Yeah, um, you can get a hold of me by going to kristentaylorconsulting.com. Okay, perfect. And do you have Facebook, Instagram, all that social media stuff? You that... No, I do. Instagram, okay. um, the instructional designer of Perceive and Jen is like, you've got to get on Instagram. And... Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what the kids tell me now. So. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, though. So, yes. Well, I Facebook have... is for the old people. That's what the kids tell me now. I'm like, well, <laughs> the old people are who pay your bills and you know, <laughs> buy your products. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yes, I have a Facebook page, KristenTaylorConsulting.com. Okay. You can look up, if you look up Remind, if you look up Perceive, and if you look up KristenTaylorConsulting.com, and also Kristen is... K-R-I-S-T-I-N, because that's a, a little different. Little different. Most people put E-N and then they're like, I didn't find you. Yeah. So Kristen Taylor, um, consulting.com, remind, perceivant, you will find us. Okay. Yeah. Well, outstanding. I'm glad we got to have this conversation and I'm sure people that are, are going to listen to this podcast will uh, get a lot out of this too, because I really like the idea of being able to separate all that you've got to work on the mindset and not only that is that you're given some of these um approaches and shifting the mindset is i can't stress that enough and that's right on target with what you've spoken uh spoken about with us today so um i appreciate it and we're going to get your stuff out there we'll get the podcast up and running shortly so Wonderful. and get get after it all that i know everybody listening will be really interested into Wonderful getting into all this stuff so yeah well Aaron I just want to thank you so very very much again yeah. I know all that you are I mean I don't know all of you all you've shared with me all <laughs> that you um manage and to take the time it means a lot to me and I hope this means a lot to people and really helps to support um being alive and living in this world because it's no no easy feat and the more we can support one another to find liberation from emotional suffering yeah everything will be yep and just start talking about it first and foremost get the conversations out there and, right appreciate you know. what you do yeah well Big thanks advocate. again all right all thank right. you yeah, all no right. problem all right take care you too all right bye bye-bye